Gentlemen, you are listening and watching Gird Up Podcast. This is where young men learn how to be the men that God created them to be. This is the Brocast. So we got some bros here. We got Ezra Bloomer. What's up, Ezra? How's it going, Charlie? It's going great, man. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. How's life, man? Uh, It's been busy. You know, Uh, school's really kicking me in the rear end, but uh, trying my best to uh, just get everything done and things while maintaining somewhat of a social life. At some point, we might we might have Gustav join us. We'll see. You all know who Gustav is. And in chair number three, go ahead and introduce yourself, brother. Hey, I'm um, Zach Bloomquist. <laughs> <laughs> a little loud. That's okay. That's okay. I got you. Who are you, Zach? What do you do? What um, are you uh, preparing for? Senior at Martin Luther College, elementary education, coaching minor. So Nice. That's what we're going with. Awesome. Yeah. YMLC. YMLC. Uh, I don't... I, at first, I really didn't know about MLC, <laughs> to be honest. I mean, I know I've, I've, a lot of people say that, but um, just the experience. Well, I straight up came here for the football. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's another great reason, too. But um, the ministry as well, obviously. Um, both my parents are heavily involved with it. Um, and so just something that I've just been always in my life. So and influences not just by my parents, but teachers in general I've had. And so just like role models, basically. Yeah. So Awesome. What are you looking forward to? Well, probably one. I'm getting married this summer. Hey, so that's probably hey, that's hey, number hey. one thing. That's yeah. huge. Give her um, a shout out quick. Get some win some brownie points. Yeah, exactly. Um uh, and then getting a call in May is gonna be pretty exciting. That's probably a month away. So that'll be yeah. very exciting. Yeah. Yeah, the the really exciting part is well, the the nervous part is the meeting before the call service <laughs> yeah. where they tell you if you're getting <laughs> yep, a call or yep, not, yep. and then it, once you know you're getting a call, then and the rest like, of it goes okay. Then yeah. it's just all right. Let's wait and see yep. what's Charlie, going on. Charlie, didn't you n- almost not get a call? Uh, well, <laughs> so I failed. I almost failed student teaching, but I didn't. I passed just barely um, hey, by the skin of my teeth. Matters, yep. Yeah. But then I failed my ed. No, I failed my portfolio presentation twice, and I got. Less than one point on my ed TPA, but ed TPA you can't technically fail as long as you complete it. <laughs> yep, I'll give you props so though it for was, a portfolio. It, oh though. my goodness twice, gracious! Failing it that. twice. Yeah. The first time, it's a long story. But the first time, <laughs> I I sh- I took a nap because I wanted to be fresh, you know, and slept in. Um, so I showed up like twenty five minutes late, and then um, had a bunch of artifacts in the wrong places, and. I also there was some other well, there was some shady business going on, <laughs> um, and then uh, I was told I was using an inappropriate conversational tone. Mm. So make sure you don't use an inappropriate conversational. tone. I passed tone. my portfolio already. Oh, so okay, I'm, there you go. I'm in the clear. First time, the second first time, time. Yeah, yeah. first time. The second time, I knocked it out of the park. But there was a uh, um, like there were two. I had all the right artifacts, but two of them were switched. They're even labeled correctly. They were just switched in order in the binder. Uh. They're like technically, it's a fail, and then. Uh, they passed me anyway. Actually, before I went down there to give the, because the second time I had to do it in the basement of the library, yeah. and the what is the board of presidents or whatever they're called was already meeting, and hmm. the district president. So I, I was a you know inner city guy, so you know everybody kind of knew if I was going to get a call, that's what I was doing. And the president Rachow, who eventually was my district president, came up to me before I gave my presentation and said, you know, have you. I heard you're struggling to pass that portfolio, <laughs> and I said, "Yeah." He said, well, "Are you have you done it the second time yet?" I was like, "Well, I'm about to go do it right now." He said, "You'll pass." And I was like, 
Yeah, you think so? He's like, he like winked at me. He's like, no, you'll pass. Like, oh, okay. All right, we're going to be all right. Yep, we're going to be yep. all right. So, yeah, I don't advise blowing off the only thing. Like, there's only three things you have to do to graduate. I don't advise blowing those off. Yep. <laughs> I did try really hard in student teaching. I was at St. Marcus, so it was a tough spot. Um, but, uh, yeah, the other two things, there's no good reason why I, I just blew them off. Yeah. Yeah. But you already passed them, so yeah, I'm all I'm all good. So <laughs> don't come to me for pointers. No, nope. I, <laughs> I can give you teaching pointers, but not not anything. I don't even know if I can give you those. But it took me a while to man up and actually to gird up. <laughs> to gird, there you go. Yeah, it took me a while to gird up. There's a reason this show had to start. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of which, before we get started with our topic today, got a shout out. Bring your beard, general beard oils and supplements. Nobody likes flakes in their beard. It's not sexy. And the reason <laughs> reason you're growing that beard is to look sexy in the first place, right? Yeah. So you gotta take good care of your facial hair. We got all kinds of I don't know flavors, scents here. Deep in the woods is my favorite. You gotta try that one. Deep in the woods is my favorite. You just take a little dab, and you uh, just a little dab in your hand, and you rub it in. What it's gonna do basically is just condition it and keep all the because when you shampoo your beard, all the oils and things come out of it. So you gotta put all those back in. It smells great, dude. It smells awesome. Too bad I just shaved not that long ago. Yeah, man. <laughs> yep. So if you want to find, you see, it's just too good, man. I put it in the hair too, huh? Oh yeah, all over the place. <laughs> uh, so if you're looking for a good beard oil, find Brigger Beard General at sites.google.com forward slash Brigger Beard General, or find them on Facebook. And huge shout out to Nate Hensler. He's got all kinds of exciting things happening in his life. So go uh, follow him on Instagram and Facebook and stuff. He's got all kinds of excitement going on. He's a great dude, good friend of the show. So thanks, thanks Nate, for the beard oil. Go check it out. Today's topic is toughness. Toughness. Um, toughness. So there's a there's a whole like 18 levels of conversation we could have here. <laughs> yep. um, I think maybe the best place to start is defining toughness. What is toughness? What is toughness? What does it mean to be tough? I think there's a couple of different types of toughness, or excuse me, toughness, I should say, first of all. Like there's the mental toughness, physical toughness, spiritual toughness, so... I guess just branching like what kind of toughness you're you're kind of characterizing first. So well, what uh, if there's what's the difference between them all? Well, <laughs> mental toughness is you're working through something like cognitively, physical is something like a pain that you have. Spiritually, it could be like getting through a, um, a hardship that you have or yeah. something that you're struggling with. Almost more so, resilience. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Whereas physical toughness, you can just be like a dumb brutish animal and you make it through right you don't it doesn't have to be a whole lot of cognitive activity going yeah on exactly stuff. yeah yeah i think the common thread through like what you you just stated was the fact that toughness is like facing adversity or like something in your way and then having to either you know challenge that wall you take a step back or you try to get over it you know and so i think that when i see and like think about toughness in my life it's it's a wall or a, a challenge that i see that i have to try to to get across whether in all those areas you know so yeah yeah i think toughness is one of those things that a lot of times ends up on the toxic masculinity list yeah it does yeah why do you think that is why do we end up throwing it well not us but <laughs> <laughs> why does it get tossed into the toxic masculinity basket well if you're not tough you're obviously weak then and then people might think that because you're not tough, then you're not strong in any type of way. And then that makes you almost like a female because females are seen as not strong. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Okay. Can you be a man if you're not tough? Oh, you totally can be, yeah. All right. You yeah. want to explain? I 
again, don't really know where I was going with that. But. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. What do you think, Ezra? I think there's definitely different times, forms of, of toughness, and it, it manifests itself in different ways. I think uh, of my dad, who's maybe, you know, oh, it looks like we have a, an interruption. Yeah, come on in, man. Oh, yeah, toughness manifests itself in different ways. Yeah. So, like, I think, you know, some people just try to bottle it up and do it on their own. And that's, like, I think my grandpa's generation of, like, what toughness is and stuff. And, you know, you think of your classical farmer, like, I'm just going to get this done uh, by myself and not invite anybody else into it. And, you know, that can be super helpful. But I think also... toughness can also be going to those around you and telling them, Hey, I'm not okay in this moment, or I need help. You know, think of like a sports team, like you, you're with a bunch of people overcoming something, adversity and things. And so, um, that's another way, uh, toughness manifests itself. And then I think like just overall in like in the guys realm of things, like typically we don't want to, to be tough in a way where we share. And so, um, you know, I've seen that in my own life with, I don't, generally like telling other people I'm struggling with something because I view toughness I think sometimes in a toxic way of me just taking on my problems and then putting my head down getting through them without asking for any help ever so yeah can you be vulnerable and tough at the same time I would say so yeah I would definitely agree with that how how does that happen like what (laughs) how does that look can't so if you can be vulnerable and tough at the same time and I think our definition of toughness might need to change a little bit. So why, maybe why is that valuable? You're good. <laughs> um, I think because then it actually like reveals like how you're feeling. Um, cause then it opens you up more and then it, just cause you open up more doesn't mean you're like soft or anything by, by any means, but it's just also showing like a different side of you that maybe right. a lot of people don't see. Absolutely. So. Hey Gus. Hey, I'm Gus, by the way. I don't know that. I'm Zach. Bloomquist. Bloomquist. The Geared Up Podcast brings people together. (laughs) That's right. Cool, cool. Bringing people together in real life, real time. I've never sat in this spot before. Well, yeah, always usually on the end. You don't have anything to lean on now. I just got my spot. No, it's fine. (laughs) What do you think? What is toughness? What is toughness? Like, what does it mean to be tough? When I think, what's it mean to be tough? Um, a lot of it, I think in my mind, isn't necessarily physical strength. It's more of a mental strength. Cause I think if you're mentally strong, generally people who are mentally strong can c- overcome physical barriers. If that is the case, mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Being able to handle high pressure situations that take more than just, you know, punching through it, I guess. Right. Yeah. Oh, and we kind of t- touched on that too, the idea that physical toughness doesn't always necessarily take a whole lot of like mental fortitude. Um, it certainly might in certain cases, but uh, you say the the me- mental and spiritual, even emotional toughness definitely has a higher value. Oh, yeah. Um, is there a connection between physical toughness and like emotional, spiritual, mental toughness? I think some of like the most godly people that i know in my life are like tough all around and like that doesn't mean that they're you know not vulnerable or um it's this like toxic way of doing it but they just they know where to go to in moments where they need they know what they need to do in order to overcome an obstacle and i think that's like the the key of like 
being tough is like knowing where to go in moments where you're, you're facing an obstacle, whether that be a coach, whether that be a teammate, whether that be your brother or your, your parents or your, your significant other, um, knowing where to go to help, to help overcome or what resources you have at your disposal at your disposal to help you overcome that. Um, and so that may be finding a different level within yourself to overcome like a spiritual thing or overcoming your pride to reach out to God or fall on your knees before him and be like, Hey, I can't do this on my own anymore or a pastor or somebody. Um, so using those resources that God has put at your disposal, at your disposal to overcome your obstacle, uh, I think it is measure of a true person who is tough all around. Yeah, I like that. I like that. And, and kind of leaning into that measure of a tough person, um, what do you look like? If you're looking at somebody and thinking like, man, that guy's tough, what is it usually that you're noticing you think that makes you say like, hey, that's a tough dude? I think he's um, very secure in who he is. Okay. You want yeah. to explain that a little bit? Um, he knows who he is. He's confident in who he is, and that's not like a cocky thing, but he knows – uh, who is what's his identity rather than just putting on this show that he's something that he's not um, and so I think of the the tough people I know in my life like they're confident who they are they know exactly where to turn to um, in every single moment um, and so I think that is like what I, I think of when I think of a tough person all right what do you think I mean obviously I from toughness because playing football I always would think, well, if this guy has a bunch of bumps and bruises and stuff, he's obviously <laughs> tough. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, he could be one of the weaker people mentally, no matter what. Yeah. So I think it all honestly comes back to the mental toughness because I know that's something that's always been harped on in my life is being mentally tough. Because if you're mentally tough, then you can take on any challenge. Yeah. So whether that's mm. earthly, spiritually, whatever it might be. 14 shoulder surgeries, whatever that might be. <laughs> two. Only two. <laughs> only two. Let's not jinx it. I don't need another one. I don't need another one. <laughs> Yeah, what do you think, Gus? What makes a guy tough? Well, I mean, that pretty well. It's almost the same as the last question, really. Yeah. You know, I again, it's the ability to be a guy. Okay, a tough guy is someone who can take like physical things, kind of like what he's saying, like with the bruises. Like you see a guy who's got a bunch of bruises, but he keeps going. Like, yeah, that. Like you can be like, wow, that dude's physically tough, but it's the mindset behind that physical toughness that he has. Yeah, the stuff that you have going on in your mind and the stuff that you have, I mean, potentially going on spiritually as well, is really what determines how long or how well you can take the kind of physical outward influences that like you have to actually be strong for. Yeah, yeah. I think when I, when I think about toughness, I think about the guys who just keep showing up. You know. Mm -hmm. Like they, even though when you start to question, like, why are you here? <laughs> you know, and they just keep showing right. up and showing up. And whether that's, you know, like, a, I think about my grandpa is a small business owner, you know, like, uh, I remember as a, and he even will talk about, you know, like maybe have putting too much of himself into, into the business, you know, mm -hmm. but the idea of, um, like, I remember as a kid, we would be visiting grandma and grandpa and he'd get a phone call. And we'd go over to the shop at, you know, 8, 9, 10 o'clock at night, and he'd be rummaging around looking for a part for a customer or something like that. Like, it'd be really easy to just say, sorry, man, come in in the morning. Um, but you say, I got a responsibility to my customers. This is what I do. Like, that's tough to me, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think about a couple of pastors that I've known pretty well, or even uh, a couple of cops that I've known pretty well, where they, like, they just, things keep going wrong. Things suck. Life isn't good, and they just keep showing up and showing up and showing up. Like, those are... 
I think that's part of what, in my mind, defines that toughness is um, it's not even necessarily the bounce back is great, um, but the ability to bounce back and keep showing up. You know, there's a lot of people that things happen in their lives and they just stop showing up. You know, they're still there. They're still walking the earth and they don't show up anymore. And I think that's a big, maybe that mental fortitude to be able to keep showing up over and over again, mm-hmm. um, no matter what happens. Well, Actually, it's making me think about, so that poem, you can't really see it on the camera, I know, because it's too shiny. But Rudyard Kipling's If poem, if you can keep your head when all about you are losing theirs and blaming it on you, if you can trust yourself when all men doubt you, but make allowance for their doubting too, if you can wait and not be tired by waiting, and it just goes on mm-hmm. for, I'm not going to, it takes like two minutes to recite the whole thing. <laughs> I do have it memorized, though, <laughs> and I show it off all the time. If only your anyway, Greek was memorized. I know. Oh, I, I uh, Hey, I'm guilty, man. I, <laughs> um, but, uh, no, I usually know my vocab. <laughs> I usually, anyway, um, but like that idea of no matter what obstacle, this is kind of what you guys said, too, that obstacle yeah. that comes, it's not even about the obstacle. It's about just keeping moving. It's not even about winning every time, just moving. Well, and, moving and something to and think moving. about, too, is it's like a lot of the times toughness is specifically associated with the just keeping on and keeping on, right? Mm-hmm. But when it comes down to mental or spiritual toughness, that also is the knowledge of when to stop. Yeah. You know, That's true. Yeah. and realize when you need to maybe back up. Well, and I think right. Ezra was hitting or on back that too. off even the yeah. idea of I don't want to look weak. Sometimes just the toughness to just it, it is tough to swallow your pride a little bit and be like, all right, this is the moment to be vulnerable. This is the moment to take a step back and be embarrassed. You know, like, I totally failed this one. You know? Yeah, I think one of like the smartest dudes that I know in my life. When I think of like a a guy, uh, one of my basketball coaches in high school said, um, a true measure of somebody who's tough is somebody who sees what needs to be done and gets it done and that can take so many different like forms and things and so that what may need to be get done is that people need to stop and you need to stop and evaluate and that like yeah. a good tough dude will see that and stop and and understand that that's what needs to be done in that moment in the same way if, it, if it's pushed through like he'll encourage those who bring those around him like hey, let's push through because well, i we know what's on the other side well and then that stopping moment it's being able to take that ridicule right? yeah 100%. because a lot of people yeah. are going to see that and be like dude why are you stopping well, you I don't know. even know if it's a stop it thing. I think it might even be like just a looking ch- at it from a long perspective, yeah. from a long term yeah. perspective. You know, right? Um, but like, it looks to others though. Right? No, absolutely. Yeah. Just the idea of look like playing the long game. Yeah. And like you know you're not. You know you're right, not stopping. Recognizing like, or even you know deciding what's important and saying I'm going to cut this out because of that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. facing that discipline, but thinking about the long game and like I said, continuing to show up and continuing to gonna fight that battle time after time after time i think it's you you said in that moment i think it's in those consecutive moments right yeah moment after moment no matter what moment comes building on top of each other it's i think of like a basketball analogy like um so i was manager at the u of m last year for the guys basketball team and one thing coach patino would always say is like we have to get stop after stop it needs to build upon each other right and i think that's what true toughness is like he would use toughness in that situation that we need to be a mentally tough team to be able to get stop after and our goal was to get five stops in a row and that would count as one and if we could get three stops like that in um a 10 minute span he'd say if we got all at least half of those we'd win the game basically and so i think in life we got to consecutively get those moments where um we're tough we're, we're stringing together those those mentally tough moments and, and pushing through and stuff if we f- see life in that in that way i think it's really helpful yeah well, and continuing on that theme i got to spend some time with buzz williams yeah um and that was his thing he always that's he always says that during practice we're gonna out tough our opponent 
We're going to out-tough our opponent over and over and over again, right? Oh, it's bourbon. Oh, yeah, the good stuff. <laughs> um, and then, uh, like, a- as the game goes on, you can see it as they play. Like, um, you think about the Marquette teams that they've had, and especially, oh, uh, shoot, Not what's his name good. with the Heat? Oh, um, Dwayne Wade. Jimmy Butler. No, Jimmy Butler. Yep. And, and they made it to the Final Four. They they were not the most talented team in the nope. tournament. They had no business being in the Final Four. They out-toughed their opponents. Yeah. And they eventually ran out of steam. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> that usually yeah. happens with teams that go that deep, Right, though. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Or Kentucky, I think it was the year that uh, they lost to Tyler Hansborough. I think they lost to North Carolina or whoever it was. The same thing, though. Yeah. Just, like, ran other teams into the ground. That toughness yeah. through the, from whistle to the buzzer. Like, just going and going and going over and over again. And he built that in practice then, right? So they would, like, I can't tell you how many times. Like, there's no mistake that it's goes unaddressed. What? Mitchers? Yeah, it's the good stuff. Yeah, it's the bro, the bro whiskey. Um, We're having a tough conversation with that's right. tough alcohol. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so he would do that in practice, um, and they would, like, you'd make, they'd make a mistake, and he'd say, all right, we're going back to the beginning. And he would start practice over from the beginning, and he would go through all their fundamental drills. And now that you're doubly exhausted from doing all your fundamental drills again, now you go back into the drill that you screwed up on. Um, how's, uh, who's the coach at West Virginia? Bob Huggins. Yeah, Huggins yeah. does the same thing. Huggins has a row of uh, – treadmills on the side of the court and if you mess up during practice you go jump on a treadmill and i think he's i think you run it pretty sure it was seven miles an hour for seven seconds or something like that and so you just outright sprint on the treadmill and then you go right back into the drill so they Dude. don't sub you out if it's five on five they're now playing four on five until you're done running on the treadmill and you jump back in so the idea of like now you're in like you're far beyond fight or flight mode physically like you can't breathe can you still be composed after you make a mistake and move forward? Like that's toughness right yeah. there. That's got to be seventeen miles per hour, not seven. I don't. Yeah. Know. Oh yeah, I can, really I can probably oh, walk sorry. at that pace. I don't know. Like it was seven. an all-out sprint, and off yeah. they go. Right. Sure. I had that happen one time freshman year basketball. We yeah. started the entire practice. Yeah. Dude, I, we sat in on probably 10 or 15 practices, and I saw him do it seven or eight times. And it's crazy to see, like, you know, seven-footers that are about to get drafted and little Buzz Williams is standing in the middle of the court going, start it again, and then they all jump in but and, and literally start over. And he expects perfection from them every time. So it's not like you start over and go through the motions and, like, you have to earn the right to practice yeah. again. Mm-hmm. Um, and ju- like just seeing them do that over and over again and then seeing the guys rally because you immediately know who's tough then because those are the guys who are, you know, coaching each other on, urging each other on. And you also immediately know who the weak guys are because mm-hmm. yeah. they're groaning and moaning. They've got bad posture and they're being lazy and they're running out of breath and all that kind of stuff. And his big thing, Buzz's big thing, is bounce backs from Juco, right? Yeah. So he's always got these guys coming in who have messed something up somewhere along the way. And a lot of times those attitudes show up in those moments. He said, nope, we're going to be tough. We're going to be tougher than everybody else. Um, I think one of the cool things about getting into a coach's psyche like that is what are they trying to do in that moment? I think it's build habits and stuff. And so maybe like a, a question that I would have for the group is like, how do we build habits of toughness as Christian dudes? Uh, you know, for our listeners, how people c- can grow up uh, as you're developing as a, as a young man and uh, think about how do I develop more better and better habits to build c- good manly uh, toughness, Christian toughness. Well, I think the cliches immediately come to mind. Like, uh, Wisco, when they're building culture, they just over, like, they just. 
kill the first Lord second team thing over yeah, and over yeah. and over mm-hmm. again, right? So, but then as soon as somebody's doing something stupid, what's the first words out of a teammate's mouth? Might be some some choice words first, yeah. But eventually, <laughs> somebody's gonna say like first Lord second team, man, like get it right. Yeah. Um, or I, I think I don't remember who said it. Um, I think it might have been one of those Navy SEAL books that was super popular like four or five years ago. Because you know? <laughs> every, every every good Lutheran pastor and every good Navy SEAL has to write a book. Um, but uh, the uh, he said you never you're never going to rise to the le- in stressful situations you don't rise to the level of your you know ideal you will fall to your highest level of expertise. So it, you can want to do the right thing. You can want to be good at something under pressure. You can want it as much as you want. But in that moment of crisis, in that moment where the, the lights are on or whatever happens, in that moment where crap hits the fan, you're going to fall to your highest level of expertise. If you really haven't mastered it, you're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you think about guys shooting free throws, right? <laughs> you can make – you can every once in a while you're going to pop in seven or eight free throws out of ten. <laughs> doesn't mean you're going to make them in a game, you know? You're gonna be. You got to be consistent over time. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, the same thing is true, especially on the football field. You know, like think about all the plays and all the footwork and all that kind of stuff. You're not if you if you if you just like look at a playbook and say, "Yep, I think I got it." Yeah. You're not ready. Yeah, I've had for football. I've had the same playbook since I was in seventh grade, <laughs> and I still sophomore year in college still was messing up, just yep. general footwork stuff. Yep. And I've had it for probably eight nine ten years so mm-hmm. that just just shows yeah what do you guys think how do we build that toughness for football oh, no no well, in general how do you okay so <clears throat> before you end up in those situations right yeah uh well i mean kind of your whole thing like what your shirts say and stuff you know by the way they're all on sale yeah. now you can get them <laughs> 17 bucks go online get a shirt because, like, at some point, like, we really shouldn't have to ask the question, how do we build the toughness? Because if we're asking that question, at some point, the men in our lives or the men before them, something went wrong. In a way. Okay, I'm not, like, I'm not saying you can't bring back the toughness. And that's not necessarily to bash on our forefathers and stuff like that. But if we're wondering how do we become tougher, then that's something that wasn't taught us, right? So all we have to look on... At, at our point is, I mean, either we go and we find individuals that we think are tougher and we say, hey, like, how did you become the way you are? I want to mm-hmm. learn from you. Or we can, you know, go go to the ultimate source, the Bible, yeah. and see what God says and yeah. try and learn from God's way of toughness rather than the world's way of toughness, right? Yeah, that's one of my favorite ways to talk about the Old Testament is the Old Testament is just a whole bunch of stories about guys that didn't get it right and God yeah. used them anyway. Yeah, right. 100%. Yeah, if you want to learn how to, yeah. If you want to learn how to be tough, like King David, you just mm-hmm. read about King David. Gideon, Samson, all of them. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. think about Samson. Good. I mean, Job is an obvious one, yeah. and you can't. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. that's Job's number one. Now. Number one. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah, that's I had a buddy, uh, Vince Husek, which is an awesome episode or a bunch of episodes. If you go like three years back, those are <laughs> some of my favorite episodes that I've ever done. But a yeah, friend of mine who had leukemia. Yeah, I didn't know you yet. You were still you were still in like high school or something. I don't know. <laughs> three years ago. No, yeah, no. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, you're doing college old. the first time. Yeah, I was doing college <laughs> the first time three years ago. <laughs> um, anyway, so he was going through leukemia, and he said. After his leukemia diagnosis, that's what he did. He sat down, he read Job, and uh, he just <laughs> was feeling the same feelings that Job was feeling all the way through. He said, it "Didn't make it any easier. Didn't make it. Didn't even like reconcile it. It's not like he finished Job.
Job and was like, okay, God, I understand now. Uh, but he got to the end, and like that's where the toughness came from, saying, like, all right, I'm going to trust. You know, this is this is the Lord's plan for me. <laughs> Whatever it is, mm-hmm. let's knock it out. Let's do it and keep going. I think also, like, understanding that the Lord is going to put you in tough situations. There are going to be situations you just naturally find yourself in life. Like, yes, you can avoid some of those by becoming more wise uh, as you get older and things, but you're just naturally going to find yourself in situations where you're going to be faced with tough decisions and and things. And I think being able to take a step back after you go through something or even the moment and understand and, and kind of dissect what you're really feeling. Um, you know, learn from the tough situations that you get, you get placed in, you know, because you get so much and gain so much wisdom through actually experiencing those situations for yourself. Like my entire situation at the U of M was so much of me just taking, um, you know, a situation where I screwed up constantly, made bad decisions. And, uh, again and again, I had to take a step back and actually learn from them. And it's made it this this year. I excited for my ministry. Like it's going to make it so much easier because instead of just taking those tough situations I found myself in, and just letting them like stay in the past, like I also understood like, hey, there's stuff to learn from them, um, and it's going to make me a better person because of the fact I did go through that. You know, so absolutely, you have to take what you're learning and what God's teaching you. Um, and take it through those tough times, you know. So yeah, I've talked about this a whole bunch, but he's he's dead he's dead right. Um, David Sharp, Professor David Sharp, talks does a talk all the time where he talks about the idea that the most powerful prayer, the most important prayer a Christian can pray isn't you know Lord give me an easy life. It's Lord send whatever you need to send into my life so that I stay faithful to you until the end. Yeah, like if my life yeah. must yeah. be if my life must be awful. If I have to live a miserable life in order that my salvation be secure, like send a storm, do what you got to do. Um, and I think recognizing that I'm a broken and sinful human being, and there are conse- the consequences for my sin are a curse, but they're also a tool that the Lord is actively using to bring me ever closer to Him. Yeah, and continually make my faith more secure. And when I recognize that. I don't even want to live an easy life, you know? Like, I embrace that toughness. I look for that toughness. I do hard things so that I get tougher Yeah. so that, again, that faith might be made secure. I mean, look up how many disciples lived easy lives. Like, the Lord interrupts their lives, and, like, literally all of them are crucified, you know, go through the worst. I was checking to make sure. You just leave that in, man. You definitely have to cut that. This is is the real world. This is what the real world's like. This is what podcasting really looks like. See, now it's if Charlie so starts crying, we know he's not tough. Did <laughs> 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 you guys talk about how crying is tough? Because, oh, I don't know. It's, maybe. Sometimes <laughs> it is. recording, though. So we're doing great. Bingo. Picture's really good. Oops, now I can see everybody's feet. <laughs> Dude, I got my teepee creepers on. That's probably... You don't. I, mean, I was wearing my uh, Sperry, my white Sperrys today, with my pants rolled up just a little bit. Yeah. And uh, something eighth graders told me I looked fruity. Like, oh, dude, well, you're looking fruity, huh? Case, if that's the case, then I'm. Well, it's Friday. You I'm secure look enough on Friday. I'm secure enough in you're my enough. in my manhood <laughs> that I'm all right with looking fruity. <laughs> I'm all right with looking fruity. That's a lesson. We talked. We watched a uh, PragerU video today called um, "Why Girls Become Boys." Because oh, uh, we have better clothes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh no, but it was like a real conversation about. Oh okay. Um, it was good. So you're it was saying good. my conversation? They also wasn't got real. really. We uh, we just watched like a clip from the news talking about 
uh, COVID passports. Oh, yeah. And they got into a like, hot debate on <laughs> COVID really? passports. Which news? Um, well, they're just talking about DeSantis and, right, and all Fox, stuff. Right, but Fox, CNN? Uh, CNN 10. Okay. So it's the kids' one, so it's not as biased. It it's definitely came from a like liberal CNN standpoint. 10? CNN or, for 10-year-olds. Yeah. No. It's called CNN 10. It's 10-minute yeah. clips yeah. for yeah. teenagers. Oh, yeah. Okay, gotcha. Hmm. And it's it's definitely liberal. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I also show them a lot of liberal news stuff, and then we talk about... Like, Whites. Sometimes. And then sometimes... Right. like, And then mm-hmm. I always, also always make sure when they do tell the truth... That we point that out and say, okay, that was honest. Yeah, <laughs> Word. You know, that really is what happened. Um, or, like, here's the shred of truth that's here. Mm-hmm. You know, here's why. And, well, and I think it's taken root. And so that's kind of almost a lesson in and of itself of how toughness can be, like, a blind. Like, they're just going forward saying sometimes truth, but a lot of the times just BS, mm-hmm. you know. And in their mind, they're probably like, we're just being tough. We're pushing their thing but to us it's like why stop yeah (laughs) you know like what are you doing it's not making you look good it's not making you look tough at all yeah it's making you look bad well i think that's that's that goes back to the um uh toxic masculinity conversation right sure Sure. um and and maybe not directly but that's where for that no i I don't know the like what the reason toughness a lot of times ends up on that list of like you boys have to be tough all the time it's like well they that's that's that they should be mm-hmm. that's how god created them that's the role they've been put in but when you separate gender or any of those things from the natural order that god has created like c.s lewis mm-hmm. calls it the tao well the chinese call it the tao and c.s lewis uses that in mere christianity a couple of those writings you know talking about this is the natural order of the world you can't go more basic than that without just mm-hmm. tearing morality out of the structure of the universe and but when we do that now there's nothing to be based in you can't be tough because there is no moral right right mm-hmm. well, and you know good and it's kind of funny thinking about this it's like uh a friend of mine back home in montana posted something on her on her snapchat earlier and i'm sure you guys have all seen something like this where it's boys do this men do this Oh, you yeah. know, one of those kind of things. And it was like a 25 point, like, you know, <laughs> it was like, oh, boys, ah, you know, I can't even come up with one. It was just, it was just like, mm, boys, boys wear green shirts. No, it was like boys <laughs> lust after women, men, like. Respect them. Sure. Yeah. Something like that right. along those lines. And which is inherently like, that's a good thing. Like, yes, mm-hmm. that is true. Men do do that. And boys also do that. Right. But the thing is, is it's like knowing, I mean, personally, knowing who that was that posted that, I'm like, okay, you're right. But how often do you really let a guy be that man that you want them to be? You know what I mean? Because of the environment that they're growing up in, they're just. You, well, you you're also invalidating saying? the dude's manhood too. Like when he makes a mistake, then is he not a man because he made a mistake? Sure. Like, right, I'm gonna mess right. a bunch of stuff up. Um, and does that mean that I'm not a man? Like I think that's where the toughness actually comes in. Yeah. Is the ability to bounce back when you screw stuff up. I think this may be a hot take, but I think in that moment, like maybe you are acting like a like a a boy, you know. Yeah. And like I think what happens though is that people take the fact that you acted like me. You know, I wouldn't like to admit I acted like a child in this situation, but like sure. from other people's perspective, probably acted like a little bit of a child. You know, the thing is for them to say, I'm just acting like a child the rest of my life or to say like, this is now what you are. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no forgiveness, you know, there's no, uh, canceling the debt of, I feel bad for what I did. I did act like a child. Now can we move past this? You know? Yeah. Well, people um, don't do that anymore. That's, that's what I'm thing. saying. People yeah. don't move past that. But you can change people's attitudes and yeah, minds, yeah, 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 yeah. which like that, it takes grit and it takes time to do that. It takes toughness. toughness. <laughs> you got to earn it. Yeah. Right. You got to earn it. And that takes time and it takes consistency. Yeah. Yeah. Are we podcasting right now? Yeah. What? Yeah, what we did, we totally are. You were you thought we were just talking I thought with just headphones. Like, we just hand you. I mean, <laughs> like, oh, sweet! Takes. I get to hang with the bros and wear headphones. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't. Um, I think, I think. Yeah, I just think when because it is always on the top of the list of the toxic masculinity stuff is like boys got to be tough, right? But you're not like. That's the role that has been designed for young men, and where it goes wrong, obviously, like it's going to be toxic and it's going to be a bad situation. Um, But when it's done right, it's going to be a huge blessing to everybody around. Um, Why? Why? I don't know. Where does it go wrong when it does go wrong? What do you mean? You know what I'm saying? Like when when that where where's the line where toughness is no longer productive and becomes something counterproductive or even harmful yeah that's a tough question when productivity turns into counterproductivity come on now how do we how do we know when that (laughs) no i'm sorry that's what you're asking yeah okay like when is it no longer like when does it become toxic to be tough because there is a point where like yeah i mean we all know somebody we all know somebody we're like dude like we're on your side just chill out like stop being so tough well there you you go you just said it's like when it becomes so obvious that yeah we're gonna do the tough thing but they keep saying it i think i think more so just to like prove that they're tough like just like hey like look look what i'm doing like come on yeah well, I think in the moment, what happens is you that person who's trying to act tough elevates themselves over everybody else in that yeah. situation. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. He's and the so, toughest of them all. Yeah, one hundred percent. Or and she. So when I think in that situation of where you you brought up like the Instagram boys versus men, you know, like what happens when you act like a child is you elevate yourself over everybody else in that situation. And you know what real men do is mm-hmm. they lower themselves. That's what Jesus did. He washed feet. Mm-hmm. You know, he let everybody else go in front of him. And so a real man who has toughness allows others to go before them they're they're the servant leader you know um and so when you elevate yourself and put yourself above everybody else that's when you're acting like a child and you're not tough anymore and it becomes toxic you know well and i mean i think there's some occasions where you do need to elevate yourself though like in a way not 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 a hundred percent but you get what i mean i'm saying yeah yeah i'm but you also i think you elevate yourself while also understanding you you're elevating yourself in the way that you're doing what's good for them. You're right. loving right. them. You know? I think I think the elevating yourself is where we're tripping up here. Like yeah, it's it's not. It. It's still not about like even your self love or self care time or whatever. It's still not about you. It's still about being able to show up in your ministry, show up at work, show up in your family, show so you up can at church. Love everybody else, right? Yeah. I can't fulfill my role if I don't take care of myself. Yeah. Um, right. and that's that's definitely part of the one hundred percent. Yeah. Word. Yeah. That's a good word. It is a good word. Yeah. It is a good word. So, um, who's the toughest person you know? What do you think? Mm. Even if you don't want to share the name, who's Chuck the toughest Norris. person you know? <laughs> no, toughest wait, I take it back. Bruce Chuck. Lee. I don't know, man. <laughs> Chuck Norris. See, that's a that's like a it is a thing. It is a thing. You, you gotta watch. I mean, Ooh, that's a hot. That's Bruce a Lee definitely has more skill, but Chuck Norris is. 
he might be tougher. <laughs> right. He's not as good, which makes him tougher. Because right. he doesn't win as easily. I mean, he's a Texas Ranger. He's a hard. He's hard okay, headed. This he's is got hard okay. Head. Here's a great. Okay, so there's there's a. Say I don't it. don't know if this is true or not. It's a legend, but there's a legend that goes back in the late 1800s after the Civil War down in Texas, just after it became a state. There was a massive riot in a small town. I can't. Might have been like Arkansas or something like that. <laughs> Some little small town, and uh, there's a huge riot, and the sheriff can't get the riot under control so he calls in the texas rangers and back in the day you know you gotta send a telegram or whatever it is and it takes time for them to show up um and he's expecting like the rangers to come rolling in like five or six of them on horseback or you know like the cavalry showing up Um, but instead one ranger shows up and as he's walking into town the sheriff runs up to him and says like they only sent one like we've got a riot going on here they only sent one ranger and the ranger looks at him and says one riot, one ranger. <laughs> yeah, right. That's exactly. obvious. You got to conserve idea, your resources. Exactly. Man. The idea, the idea that one man showing up powerfully is enough to bring order into that chaos. Right. One man showing up and doing his job. One man who has the ability to make things right is all you need. That's toughness. Yeah. What's the toughest, toughest man you can think of? I mean, my dad probably. Um, just like, so if you guys don't know, my dad's a pastor, um, and he's done things a little bit differently in his ministry and seen that what needs to get done, um, and where he sees a need in our community. And I think just the mark of a too tough guy is somebody who goes and does that. And I see him do that and put others in front of himself every single day. And that just over and over again, you know, the long days, the, um, the days where it sucks, like he just powers through them and the Lord's blessed him. And blessed our church and stuff. And so, yeah, if I could model anybody, it'd definitely be my dad. So Yeah. Well, an interesting thing about your dad is, I don't know personally, yeah. um, but knowing what he does, like I guarantee there's some people that look at what he's doing at the church and going, that's not, you know, not, that's yeah, not how we do church. Bill, yeah. And the toughness comes in when he's willing to take that risk, right? And even if he, I'm not saying he's wrong, yeah. but even if he is wrong and does mess it up and does make a mistake, it's that toughness to... Take on the challenge. Be like, all right, I'm the one that's going to rock the boat. And the flack, too. Yeah, you know? I'm going to take all that for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. And, and that's why he's able to do such effective ministries. He's willing to take that mm-hmm. risk. Mm. What do you think? Toughest guy you know. I would probably have to say my dad as well. Um, so a little bit of backstory. My parents are actually divorced. Um, and so my dad had to go through a lot of stuff. Had to resign his call at first. Um, and then... Uh, he ended up going through, had to work third shift at UPS, a mm. lot of different stuff. Um, but he was doing it all for me and my siblings. And so I thought that was the toughest thing that you could possibly do. And now because of all the stuff he's had to go through and all the different jobs he's had to have. And now, as you know, he's at Wisco now teaching and stuff like that. And even at Wisco, he has a lot of tough jobs he's got to do doing with a bunch of kids that get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and... Uh, I think he's he's done a great job at it, and he's persevered a lot. So I think that's it's really tough of him to kind of go through all this yeah. stuff. And the really impressive thing about your dad is how his friend he doesn't have a bajillion friends, right? Nope. But the friends he does have, man, they are tight. Yeah, and they would mm-hmm. die for him in a mm-hmm. in a heartbeat, right? And that the consistently showing up for the people around you, even when your world is imploding, man, that's toughness. Yeah, he does that all the time. I mean, he he'll put anyone before himself, anyone. Um, even if it's someone, even if it's a student, I, I remember, um, during the summer we were doing summer Academy at Wisco and, uh, 
he was like, yeah, I know. I got to meet with the student because I got to have him back here next year. Hmm. Like just going out of his way just for one student. That was probably not going to make it. But the student is still at Wisco yeah. and still making it. Yep. So I think that's that's just awesome. That. Keep showing up and yeah. showing up and exactly. showing up and trusting that the Lord's going to do his work. Yeah, Love it. Man, he's a good dude. I miss Wilbur. Yeah, I know. I coached <laughs> with him for a couple of years. He's yeah. a good guy to be around. Yeah. What about you? Toughest guy you know? So first of all, I feel like this is, okay, like you had to have expected that we're all going to say our dads. <laughs> we're not as <laughs> not old as you, man. We don't know other guys. I thought, about saying, my, I thought about saying myself for a second. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I am the I've been, I've been waiting for somebody to mention, you know. <laughs> Charlie. Yeah, yeah finally, the guy who does that. Someone truly asks me a real question. There's a reason I'm asking this yeah. question, fellas. <laughs> well, well, but, you know, honestly, I'd, I'd have to say my dad. I can't think of anybody that's tougher than him. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up. Uh, so I guess the number one thing to know about my dad, his own, the only thing he ever wanted was to have, like, to have his own family, like have kids Mm -hmm. and stuff and be able to raise kids. He ended up with you. (laughs) Be tough. Keep going. (laughs) No, I'm going to be tough. Stop a second. Think about smacking you. And then I'm not gonna. Because you're All tough. Right. Yeah, because I'm tough. Yeah. That's right. So tough. <laughs> no, but like his, the, like that, I mean, I don't know. Whenever my dad talked, like he's never had the job that he's wanted because he cares more about having a family than he does about enjoying the job that he has. Um, so like when I was in middle school, uh, he got uh, laid off because uh, I don't know if you guys ever heard of the food uh, company associated or yeah, associated foods. It's ba- okay. Well, it's a big, uh, food distribution company based out of Utah, Salt Lake city. And, uh, those Mormons screwed him. No, I'm kidding. It's it had nothing to do with the Mormons, but they shut down the warehouse that was in our town. And so, uh, <clears throat> so he had, he went through a few jobs. It was about two years until he got, I don't know. Maybe it was only a year. I, all I know is that, or remember, was that there was a lot of transitioning. And the thing is, as growing up as a kid, you'd think that you would know that he was going through a hard work mm-hmm. time, but we didn't. Looking back, I know that that had to have been crazy weird and crazy difficult. Like, there's no way money was working out very well. You know what I mean? But to us kids, we had no idea. We were just going to school. None of that mattered to us. Mm-hmm. And so, honestly, I think, I mean, especially since I want to be a dad someday, like, that's crazy awesome. The fact that me and my three sisters were able to continue to live our lives the way we wanted to without almost any, like, there was almost no cutbacks on the way we lived. Not that we lived luxuriously or anything by that, by any means, but it wasn't like we had to give up stuff, really, while he was going through jobs. Yeah. Um... And yeah, and now he's been working at an electrical plant for the past, shoot, must be seven years now. Um, But yeah, and all the while, he's super involved in the church. He's the, oh, which elder is he? He's, um, I think he's the worship elder. One of the, yeah, he's one of the elders. And his big thing, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, or maybe it's the outreach. All I know is that he sits in his office like once a week for three hours just making phone calls to people saying, hey, we re-, like people who haven't shown up to church for a while saying, hey, we really miss you at church. We'd love to see you back. Yeah. You know, and I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's just 
growing up under like him being the example of what a man ought to be like obviously i'd have to say he's the toughest man i know oh yeah like there's nobody else that i know that would be able to handle the situations he's had to handle and that he does handle especially with me and two of my sisters being the in the adult world now (laughs) and having our problems and we go to him and mom of course and say mom like dad (laughs) we're freaking out we don't know how to do this adult stuff and they have to juggle our problems at the same time yeah you know well and as you guys are talking about your dads and families and things just makes me think about how blessed i am too that like i can't stop thinking of examples of absolute toughness i actually probably wouldn't say my dad my dad is incredibly tough sure and i love him to death um but i think he would even agree with me that my two grandfathers are even tougher like like um, the two from his uh well so like on, on either, so my dad's dad was yeah. a, a police officer in kenosha um Ooh. after the war and uh um, he ended up being a captain after a while didn't want to be a police so he got drafted into the army um drove an ambulance in europe or in england until the battle of the bulge rotated to the front in the battle of the bulge and then like didn't talk about his wartime experience after that you know like that kind of like he, he was in it came home just wanted to live a quiet life you know and well first of all had to leave home at 14 during the depression because they couldn't feed him so yeah. he had to go live on his own eventually ended up in the army and then when he came home um, he lost his job at the American Brass, so then he had to do something. He started driving an ambulance. It ends up being a police captain. Just a life of hmm. continual service. Like, what needs to be done? Yeah. Like, I can't do this anymore, so what What? What need is there? Um, and, like, and at one point, he was the one who hired um, the first African-American police officer in Kenosha. Uh, at one point, he was heading up, like, a... a team that was like finding all the illegal gambling sites and things like that because the chicago mobs always ended up in kenosha right um and like all that kind of stuff the race riots in chicago also were happening in kenosha back in the 60s and 70s um and even like the family situations that he had like he had to deal with there was a couple of suicides and things like that in the family where he's the officer that's like responding to the scene and things like that and you just think about all that toughness to just keep showing up and showing up and showing up. My dad, uh, after after my grandpa died, my dad pointed out that there's always, like, to the day he died, there was a bullet that just, uh, like, one round that he hadn't fired, and he was glad he hadn't fired it, and he kept it on his dresser to remind him, you know, like, to be patient and, to, like, all that kind of stuff, just calling to his own mind one of his failures day after day after day after day after day, you know. Yeah. That's, that's toughness. Yeah. Um, and then even after he retired, like uh, he, he he would always joke when he was like eighty five, he retired from retirement, you know, because he again just kept showing up in other people's lives. Yeah. He was doing stuff at the church, tutoring, working at you know different volunteer opportunities and things like that. And he eventually got so tired he had to quit doing that, you know, yeah. and just totally selfless and self sacrificing. Mm-hmm. And then my grandpa on the other side, you know, he said, sure. I remember going to the shop in the middle of the night, and he's digging around looking for parts, and uh, like I say. You can look at that however you want. It's still toughness. Mm-hmm. Getting the job done, doing what you have to do. And and all of that was done for the sake of the family, too. Mm-hmm. Just crazy toughness. Think about my great-grandpa, like, moved out of Chicago and then lost his job as, like, a caretaker. Ended up working at a, like, just a on the assembly line at the car factory and just showing up and yeah. showing up and showing up. I think uh, it's crazy with all the stories. Like, I think just... The common factor is, like, the amount of work and the amount of sacrifice that they put in. And, like, you know, I think if it was me hearing that those stories or seeing those examples for the first time, like, 
you'd I would immediately say like, oh man, that's so that's a lot of sacrifice, and like I don't know if I have what it it takes within me, but I think I think for those who are listening, just understanding that when you sacrifice like that and when you you are the church that and the person that god's commanded you to be and told you you can be like there's tremendous blessing for that and like you don't live a life just filled with like you know you may not have all the money in the world you may not get everything that you want but at the same time you have something even better you know it's just like this this your who you are and what you want to do align in those moments you're you're a, a servant for those who you love the most and i think there's nothing more fulfilling like i never realized that as a child like that that this would be a fulfilling uh, career possibly a pastor because there's or a called worker you know but like as i as i get older it's just like again and again reminded that being tough like there's so much uh, fulfillment and happiness within it because you're do, you're being who God has called you to be. You know. So. Yeah, I I like to think of it as like a <clears throat> lifelong body of work, right? Yeah. Like if you think about a lifespan as a body of work, and I get to present it to my heavenly Father um, at the end of my life, like that. Again, thinking about it that long term, it's hard to give up on something when you have a bot like. At 28 years old, I'm like in the first third, maybe even the first quarter of what I, well, not a quarter anymore. That'd be old. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, like still in the first third of this lifespan that I have, mm-hmm. you know, by by God's grace. Yeah. And yeah. what am I going to do? Like, I still got a long way to go. Yeah. Right. It's, you got to right. keep showing up. Well, and I think something that ought to be said, too, for anybody who's listening or viewing this, it's like, we're telling stories of people who lived, you know, like your grandparents, right? Mm-hmm. Who lived in a time that's so different from ours. That doesn't make art like the things that we have to go through any less, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? Cause I think, I mean, definitely myself, it's like, sometimes I hear the stories that my grandpa tells me about and it's like, holy buckets. Like <laughs> you held those guys at gunpoint for how long, you yeah. know, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> you know, stories like that. And it's like, how would you like, we in the environment that we live now can't imagine going through that situation but the thing is we have the exact same situations that our grandparents are like we have no idea how you got through that especially with the technology that we have right now you know yeah and like there's like regardless of what decade or what century or what year it is what you're doing if it seems tough it is tough and everybody's, uh, most people are going to acknowledge it for you and be there to support you if you need help. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it's not like the past toughness was tougher than the present toughness. Mm-hmm. It took the same amount of mental ability, took the same amount of spiritual faithfulness back then that it does now mm-hmm. to get through life. Absolutely. You know? Leaning into the community of believers, leading into scripture, mm-hmm. letting the Lord guide. That's all we got, man. Ezra, where can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Ezra Bloomer. That's pretty much it. <laughs> we'll, make, uh, we'll make sure we put all these links down in the description too. How can we find you, brother? Um, z- on Instagram, Zach dot Bloomquist. Uh, Twitter is Zach underscore Tebow fifteen. Do you have Ooh. some good takes on Twitter? I do not. If you, if you look at my Twitter, it's all <laughs> Texas Longhorn sports. Oh. So if you're like. If you're another not, new coach, another new coach. <laughs> I know. If, so if, that's about oh, all the oh, tweets that oh. there is. So if you see a Texas basketball or football, it's probably about the coach. So just be alarmed that there's a lot of hot takes on there, and I get oh, very, boy. very easily angered about what's going on. So just beware. I would, I would suggest probably going to the Instagram and just leaving the Twitter. But your choice, though. Your choice. All right, Gus. Where can we find you? 
On Instagram, I'm Gustaviano Wenzo. And then on Facebook, just Gustav Wenz. Awesome. So, yeah. You can find the Gird Up Podcast. Well, me. This guy's just the Gird okay. Up Podcast on Instagram as Gird Up underscore B underscore A underscore man. I know I had my handle wrong for like three years. Yeah, I'm yeah. Sorry. Sure, are you sure that's the it right one? It is B underscore A underscore man. The letter B? No, the words, the word B, B E. <laughs> I'll include the link down below. Um, find us on Facebook. Just look up Geared Up uh, Ministries, and there's a community there you can be a part of as well. Um, there's not a ton of content in the community, but we want to build that, and that takes people to be in it too. So um, I think that's all we got. Go buy a T-shirt. Make sure you follow these guys. Definitely buy a T-shirt. That's right. No, I'm the, sorry. This one, well, awesome. this one, this one, I, I really like. This is probably my favorite I like one. that one a lot, Although too. the Marty one is pretty great, too. Okay, Marty okay. Yeah, For me, yeah. it goes Marty, that one, and then the, not that the other one's bad, but right. it's, well, just, it's just. It's more of a classic, like, yeah. you know, yeah. branded T-shirt, yeah. But this one, yeah, the, the boys don't learn, men won't know. That's a, I just want to wear it. I, I should have bought more XLs just so I could keep more of them. <laughs> <laughs> I realized I'm going to need more than one of each to well, you wear. you need more than one of each so that you make one a cutoff, you make another a crop top, yep. and then you make you just leave the other I one I need regular. more crop tops. My crop top <laughs> game is weak. Right? I know. I think that most men can anyway, say that. Anyway, <laughs> go be the man that God created you to be. Have a good one.